to the This is Texas Sports podcast. My name is Jeff Dolman. I'm here with my co-host, Travis Jones. What's up, audience? How you doing? We want to give a shout out real quick to our sponsors, Acoustic Revolution, Salazar Promotions, and Girl Scout Cookies of America. Girl Scout Cookies of America for sponsoring this podcast personally with some cookies we picked up right before the show. So let's get right into it. Um, Today on Texas Sports... We're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, and we're going to talk about it real quick. And uh, in following episodes, we're going to cover a few other teams, but uh, we're fresh, hot off the loss about two weeks ago to the Rams. And still not happy about it. Yeah, and we're looking forward to the offseason. And uh, we're going to talk about offseason moves for the Dallas Cowboys. I think defensive tackle and safety are what you need to look at in the offseason. I agree. I think we got a laundry list of things, um, but... I think all along the D-line, we're going to have to address that sooner than later because if you don't, you're just pushing the buck 12 months down the road. Um, I think we have, well, we got three guys that are unrestricted this season. Uh, then, you know, after you get tank paid, uh, I'm not sure how Randy Gregory's contract works out or how his service time goes. I think we still got him. Well, yeah, I think we have him for maybe two more, so he's not going to be an immediate need. Um, he needs to be extended like next year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree that thinking that that D-tackle position, uh, we're just, we just need to find some guys that's going to plug a hole. I mean, if you can't address that, I would say in the first round of the draft, which obviously we're not going to be able to do unless we move up, you got to find some depth guys uh, this spring, and that's a no-brainer. I'm hoping that going into the draft, we've addressed either defensive tackle or safety in free agency. You know where I'm going. You want E.T. Doesn't, doesn't all of Cowboy Nation want E.T.? We do. We want Fairy Till E.T., uh, can we still get that same E.T. At, at the money we need? We talked about the money earlier in the pregame. And so I think that coming off his, his leg injury, substantial that that was, and, um, you know, with the obvious, um, obvious attraction to Dallas, that, that we might get some sort of home state discount. Um, we'll get definitely um, a player who's motivated to come back and show what he can do after he uh, was injured after his holdout because the team wasn't paying him what he thought he was worth. So, um I think you kind of get the best of both worlds. You might get a little bit of a discount and a motivated player if you go out and get him in free agency. And so, uh, to me, going to get probably one of the five best safeties of the last 20 years, uh, if it's doable, you got to go out and make the move. Yeah, and when we did a really amateur job at crunching the numbers, we had considered signing Thomas and Tank with the money the Cowboys have, keeping Dak where he is, and then having, like, after you sign rookies, we were projecting like $8 million of, of fringe money, which is probably smaller than that because of things that we forgot about, that we don't know because we're about. not professionals. Correct. But uh, we got a decent idea of where we're landing. So after you touch on both of those, whether it's the safety and the DT or anywhere along that defensive line, that uh, 
wide receiver becomes an issue because there's two different groups of people that you got to talk about when you're talking about receivers. And I think that's the players that are unrestricted, which is going to be Cole Beasley and Tavon Austin. And then you also have to think about the two guys that we have injured and they're coming back between Terrence Williams and Alan Hearns. Um, I think if you get Cole back at a good price, which seems less and less likely by the day now, uh, obviously I think he's said that the money's not important, but you don't complain about your scheme if you're being paid the money that you want. And um, I think that, so I think that he's probably gone. And I think that Tavon Austin uh, is a little bit of a, a trust risk. You know, you're going to be able to, count on him to get open underneath with the effectiveness that Cole Beasley was able to offer you um, over the last five to six seasons while he's been in the Cowboys shirt. Um, I love him, but I think he's gone at I, this point. I agree. I think he's going to somewhere where he's going to get more targets um, and targets by design, not stuff that are, are on breakdown plays and scramble drills like uh, he and Dak have done well on in the past. Yeah. Um, and that brings up another need probably in the draft. I doubt it'll happen in free agency, although I did someone bring up, I read someone bring up uh, Golden Tate, you know, going to be a free agent after the Eagles. Yeah, and I think he's making uh, about $9 million a season right now, so. Which is more than Beasley's making. Yeah, Beasley's making about three, three and a half, I think. Um, but again, he's looking for a pay raise. and We gave Tavon seven on a one-year deal. I think that's going to come significantly lower than um, what, what that number enters in at. So I think you might be able to get Tavon Austin for around Cole Beasley money. Um, and while I think that's a significant downgrade, um, you know, the cap's going to rise. Uh, AB and his contract that he got last off season have brought receiver numbers up. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it's absurd to, to consider giving him that money. I mean, expecting less production, but you know, I think you got to know what you're getting before, you know, you get too excited about what, whatever you bring in. Yeah. I could see them keeping Tavon at a discount, like you said, and then getting someone to provide competition for him in, like, the fourth or fifth round around there. Um, I, I think a tight end might come off the board before then. But I do know that after the Senior Bowl, there's a few wide receivers that they like, yeah, a couple slot types. I don't know their names right now. If we could get Stat Boy on that real quick. Stat Boy, pick up some receivers for us from the Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine game, something like that. This is Texas Sports. This is Texas Sports. This is Texas Sports. This is Texas Sports. Alright, Boy, how are we looking? What do we got over here? We got Penny Hart, wide receiver, Georgia State Panthers. This is from bloggingtheboys.com. Uh, another prospect, Dontavius Russell from the Tigers, interior defensive line. And uh, the other wide receiver of note so far is Jacoby Myers, wide receiver, North Carolina State. And I think the first wide receiver mentioned, um, Penny Hart, is kind of a smaller slot-style guy, a potential Beasley replacement. But I think that guy's going to have to go early. You know, you're going to have to give something up to get him because over here at Sports Day Dallas, they have a pretty cool breakdown kind of in order of a potential draft and we're going for Juan Thornhill Virginia safety at number two I read about him I think it was off the same article um, the other day he's uh, kind of lacking in physical traits but a really smart player he's not going to be a hard hitter but they're going to play him at strong safety 
That's kind of what a you know the mo that Jeff he get excuse me Jeff Heath gets is that you know uh, he's a he's a real cerebral guy doesn't necessarily have all the tools not as fast as you'd like your free safety to be I um, mean he's not going to lay the boom but uh, he's somebody who's going to be there and not give up the big play which he struggled with over the last few years and so you know I think again we just a lot need, of missed tackles yeah I think again you need to need to go out and you need to sign Earl Thomas um, that locks that down uh, it gives you a clear cut decision on what. Uh, direction you need to go with your other positional needs. Sure. So this draft wraps up. Round three, we're taking a tight end out of Utah State. Dax Raymond, I like it. Round four, defensive tackle. Renell Wren, Arizona State. He was a senior bowl standout. I think all these guys are. And uh, round five, another tight end. Might not be necessary. Round six, Hunter Renfro, wide receiver, Clemson. Um, so everything that I keep reading about uh, – what was his name? Penny Hart is that he's twitchy. He's got the he's got the ability to get off the line and separate from DBs immediately. I um, mean, he made this one guy look like a fool at the Senior Bowl. Just left his shoes on the line. So you know, if that doesn't sound like somebody the Cowboys are interested in, I don't know what does. Uh, you know, that's kind of the same guy that they back, they drafted in um, Ryan Switzer before they traded him away. So yeah, um, if you can if you can spend a day two pick on a guy like that, I think it makes your fan base happy. It's a cheap alternative to Cole Beasley, and more importantly, it makes your quarterback happy. So I'll be on board with it. If a day two pick can do it, otherwise, if we're playing the what-if game here, that number two pick on that board was a safety, like you said. If we could somehow possibly somehow fill the safety need before the draft and then round two, day two, instead of taking a safety, we're taking a tight end or a wide receiver in that position. I think that's probably your best route. Um, and it, thank God I'm not a decision maker because if we would, I've already sent the plane to Austin, pick up Earl Thomas with a boatload of money and have him in Frisco right now. That way we weren't even discussing it. We could be looking at um, Irv Smith, maybe uh, Riley Ridley or, or this guy Penny Hart on yeah. day two, day three. Riley um, Ridley, since if, we didn't get our Ridley last year. Hey. We all wanted it, but I think uh, we got I think Vander we came Ocean's out with dad. a solid pick in the Lone Wolf. Yes. Oh. Uh, so I think for sure that that you you sew up the safety position and you go after a receiver tight end. Lest we forget defensive tackle. I think that's just going to be a depth position. As often as those guys are rotated in and out, um, you know I know that uh, Keith Rich. Uh, Keith Richard is calling the plays, but Rod Marinelli is still your D-line coach, and that guy has been able to, you know, turn people off the street into, you know, uh, rotational and, and, and multimillion-dollar contract players in the past. So I, I don't have any problems betting on him being able to do that again. That's what Antoine Woods was. Exactly. You know, that guy, I think he was cut from two, three squads last year, signed up this year on our, on our uh, training camp practice squad, and he's just moved on up ever since. So I'm going to agree and disagree with you. Uh, I would love it if we could get a fringe, free agent, low-money player to fill in at DT. But after that Rams game, I think it is a priority as much as safety. And I would even probably take a defensive tackle over safety at this point if we had to decide. I think that, I think that Earl Thomas, if that materializes, that makes it easier. But Because um, I don't see them paying big money at both positions. And we're hoping if we get Thomas at a discount, we're talking a discount from 13 mil. So you're hoping, what, like 10, 11 is the discount? Not going to get him for nine. 
And I think every defensive tackle that's on that board, whether it's Sheldon Richardson, Adama Kingsu, that's probably not going to happen. The guy from the Falcons, I don't remember his name, probably too much money. He's 26. He's trying to get paid for the first time. All the rest of those guys are like 34. So that's the position that's not going to get addressed in free agency, at least on a big scale, in my opinion. So I think it does need to happen higher up in the draft than, you know, fourth or fifth round, whatever whatever they said on that beautiful sports page there. But well, let's wrap up the draft talk unless you got say, something well, we got, else to say. That's all I was going to say is that we got until April to figure it out and, and see what else materializes. Uh, so that's, that's all we got to do now is wait. Are we ready for our first caller? Hey, I'm in. Let's well, uh, buzz them in see who you got. Well, we're gonna shout out. We're going to shout out our first sponsor real quick, and then we're going to get our first caller here. Um, uh, Salazar Promotions will print your T-shirts, koozies, hats, all of your merchandise for your business or your nonprofit or your T-ball team or your band or your office Christmas party or your bachelorette party. You name it, those guys got it covered, huh, Jeff? They will mail it to you in the state of Texas. Well, big shout out to those guys. Uh, Stat Boy's got our first caller ready to plug him in. What do you think we can go live? Uh... Say hello to John from East Texas. Hey man, this is uh this is John Hot Dog out here in Gilmer, Texas, man. Uh a first time caller, first time listener. Hey man, I was just calling in. I've been thinking about that Cowboys game and how the, the Rams defense, you know, early on they're shutting down the run. They're really loading up the box and they're and they're keying on Zeke and then they're, they're stopping Zeke. And I'm thinking, man, we got this quarterback, Dak Prescott, boy, and he's got some legs, and he can run, you know? And, and that's a that's a weapon that we need to be utilizing. And I'm just wondering, man, as the Cowboys are going to hire a new offensive quarterback, I mean, can we get someone that is going to, uh, you know, get the ball in Dak's hands in, in the running game and, and get them guys on the defense uh, questioning them? Um, you know, man, that's what I got for you, man. I'll, I'll hang up and I'll, t- I'll take my answer off there, man. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for calling in John from Gilmer, Texas, John hot dog. And yeah, I think we agree wholeheartedly here at talking Texas sports. Um, they are keying in on, on Zeke. They, they are stuffing us on the run. They are stacking the box. That's exactly what the Rams did. They said they were going to do it and they did it. A little bit of that comes down to our offensive line not being exactly what we hope for it to be going down the duration of the season there. We got Travis Frederick hopefully coming back this so, year. In my opinion, you know, you got to be a little more creative with your play calling. Uh, we ran into a stacked box about 40% of the time against those guys. Uh, and that's a box of about seven or eight or more. And that's just not going to uh, – that's not a winning formula, especially – uh, when you're running into a line that's got uh, a former All-Pro, a, all a current four-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, uh, one of the highest-paid defensive players in the league, a, a guy who got over 20 sacks for the defensive tackle position this year um, in Aaron Donald. So uh, I think you, me, or our grandmothers could have figured out that, that that was a bad game plan, was to run into that stacked box. And so, uh, Mr. Hot, We saw we, it on some critical downs, too. <laughs> Oh, there were multiple different times where you have uh, a momentum-changing opportunity to take and uh, you're running into a stacked box. And so hopefully uh, we do address that with the new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, the the more and more 
Uh, we move into the offseason. It looks like Kellen Moore's going to assume that role. He's a dude. Than, it ain't official, but we all know he's the guy now. And that's why I say assume that role. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if it was if he interviewed for it, if he had an audition, but it just seemed like over the last two years, it's him being a quarterback coach. They were, yeah, they were yeah. they were grooming him to be there. And whether you or I like it, um, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's probably going to be one of those things that happens. And so hopefully um, – we get a little bit more innovation with him. He's a younger mind. He uh, isn't somebody who's 45 years old out of this coaching tree. But uh, the thing that bothers right the thing that bothers me or the thing that, that that could be an issue is that he does come from the Garrett tree. And while I mean, um, three months ago, I was ready to be like, why do we have a no name career backup? as our quarterback's coach. Like maybe we could get somebody in there who can really coach a quarterback. Like maybe that is part of the problem. Just like we threw our old line coach who what he came from Cleveland or he came from the Bengals. We swapped O line coaches with the Bengals over the off season. Yeah, I'm not sure about that and one. And then we no we did. And then we scrapped him for Mark Colombo. Right at the Amari Cooper trade. Yeah, and that, that was, was the same the, week and, and that one stuck since the deadline. And I think that was a good you know, a nice little position coach swap. Uh, it worked out in our favor, but I just, uh, I feel, I feel like, uh, I feel like sticking to the same, uh, the same things that have we've been doing over the last few years are, are, are not going to work. And I feel like hiring from within somebody who hasn't done anything but develop and learn under this head coach, this offensive coordinator are, are not going to bring any fresh ideas to the table. I think there's a lot of hubris to the way we were calling plays. It was like they sat there in the offseason and everything was banking off having a dominant offensive line. And once that wasn't part of once that went down, there was no other way about it. No, well, you're right. There's no way that those sorts of plays and play calling works without having a dominant offensive line. We've spent heavy on four positions in that offensive line and we made a pick over this last offseason and uh, Connor Williams. Yeah, the, second the, round ex- again. Exactly, that we expected to uh, develop into the fifth What's that, piece. like three firsts and a second or, or two and two? Two firsts and two seconds uh, out of five? Want, if, if you want to consider Lael Collins an undrafted, um, okay. should have been a first. So then, yeah, we're looking at four firsts and a fifth because I got a feeling that they're going to push uh, Collins to that swing tackle position, whether he's going to be able to start at guard or move to either tackle position. Uh, I, I feel like it's his job to lose this offseason, but there, there's a lot of uh, draft stock and financial uh, investment made into this line. And so uh, reports are out of uh, Blogging the Boys, The Athletic from Bob Sturm, uh, and a few other people that uh, you know have indicated that Frederick should be able to make a 100% comeback and that you know uh, 2019 should be a different track for him, which by all means should spell good news for the boys. But instead of getting into those medical details, I want to go ahead and give a quick shout-out to our next caller, caller number two, Joey from Marble Falls, Texas. We appreciate the call. Let's go ahead and get right into that, Jeff. So, first-time caller to the program. Uh, love y'all stuff, you know. Got, uh, got a lot of hot takes. Uh, you know, I'm a Texas fan, but, you know, as a Texas fan, our defense being very disappointing and looking at the Cowboys' defense, I'm a little jealous of the situation you guys have at middle linebacker. Yeah, so what's, uh, 
what are the thoughts on Sean Lee and Vander Esch? Do you keep Sean Lee? Do you use him as trade bait if he's even valuable at this point? Since, you know, as a middle linebacker, I would say staying healthy is probably the most crucial aspect of playing middle linebacker in the NFL. Um, yeah, I just want to hear the, uh, the thoughts on that coming from uh, a Cowboys fan's perspective. All right. Thanks. All right, Joey, thank you so much for the call. Um, we love Sean Lee. We're the biggest Sean Lee fans that we know, and we're also the biggest <laughs> fans that we know. And uh, Sean Lee does not have any value as trade bait. He does have value as a player on the team, which at this point has got to be, I hate to say it, feels weird, feels wrong, but... He's a backup linebacker. Well, I think you know where – everybody knows where you're coming from. And, um, you know, just, just so that we're not undercutting him as a player or what he brings to the table, he was probably our best linebacker on the field against the Rams. And I don't know if that's a combination of um, him being fresh and being out for the last six to eight weeks, um, if it's going to be a combination of him taking the lesser snaps and being out, or if it's just a rotational-style player that – or a rotational style situation that fits him best as a player these days. Um, like, like it we could all also know. be him being the natural born killer that he is. But we've been betting on that for the last eight seasons, and True. hamstring by hamstring, he's let us down. Whether uh, we hurts, like to admit it or not, true. that's yeah. that's going to be his uh, mo and the legacy that he leaves. In so, do you, so, so at this point, do we just want him as a coach? No, I think he brings value on the field. Um, I think that. When you rotate him in with both those young guys, Jalen Smith, Vander Esch, um, he's he's going to be able to uh, stay fresh, relieve those guys on a regular basis, and um, so let the big dog hunt. Do we make him take a pay cut? We got to come to the chase. I think you have to make him take a pay cut. I think Sean Lee's the kind of player who who. A, he's already come out and said that he wants to continue to play, and B, he wants yeah. to do that in Dallas. So the writing's on the wall, and he's not. Um, Somebody I feel is going to be. Uh, I need to get this or I need to get that. No, he's gotten a contract from the from the Cowboys before, and I think he understands that it might be his time to start stepping into more of a leadership and a uh, transitional position for the for the franchise rather than trying to be the head dog on the field for him. I still agree with you that he has one, like, season saving game winning play in him. Not one, but a lot. But when it comes down to the wire. You fast forward 10 months from now, 11 months from now, this time next year, but, you know, NFC weekend. You want him on the field again. I agree. Because when it comes down to the wire, he's going to take somebody's head off. I agree wholeheartedly, and that's why I think that he understands and the organization almost expects that he'd be ready to take a pay cut. And so, so to answer your question, Joey, he's not trade bait. We love him as the player coach that he is. We're going to keep him there. We're going to take him as much Sean Lee as we can get. As much Sean Lee as we can get. Hot we're going boys to take staying it. intact, Joey. Sorry, bud. Texans ain't getting none of this from up north. No. No. But we appreciate the call, man. And uh, anytime you got a hot take, anytime you want to throw an opinion out there, you and John Hot Dog, keep our number plugged. And once again, that's going to be 833 Sound TX. Jeff, give me the numbers there. I'm not too sure on those. 833-768-6389. And this brings us to our next short sponsor special. 
We are sponsored, as we mentioned before, by Salazar Promotions. They will ship you any promotional equipment that you need anywhere in the state of Texas. And we are also sponsored by Acoustic Revolution, who does custom installation of audiovisual equipment and Lord knows what else. I don't know. I don't know what they do. Get on their website. Check it out. You can call them at 833-768-6389, and you can get us there as well. This is Texas Sports. Yeah, welcome back to This Is Texas Sports. We're going to jump straight into the Super Bowl, Super Bowl talk. We're going to wrap up Super with Bowl Super Bowl L-I-I-I. picks and uh, Super Bowl prop bet picks. Yeah, because we're serious here. Once again, this is Texas sports. So starting off, New England is uh, Vegas got them at negative three and a half. They opened up at negative three and a half. Now they're at negative two and a half. They opened up at negative mm. or plus minus fifty nine. Now we're at plus minus fifty six. They've taking dropped the over, down. Taking the over, over all day, all twice day. on Sunday. If I can do that, yeah. Well, you uh, can. You can bet twice on Sunday morning if you want to I'm before the, the game starts. Every day. Yeah, of, of course they'll put up with the over. So, uh, New England minus that's my. We're at minus two and a half as a current line. Uh, it was current like two days ago when I looked it up, when I wrote that shit down for today. I would so. take New England straight up. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I want the Rams to win. I hope they pull it out, but they Same can't playing the greatest Moving quarterback. On. Yeah, so strengths and weaknesses. Um, we got the Rams O-line and D-line. I'm sorry. Nasty as fuck. They're winning the trenches for sure. And, and Patriots O-line is doing the same thing. I feel like the Patriots secondary is nasty, and I like that matchup against what the Rams have in their mixed offensive front currently. I'm going to be honest. I don't even think that who you have in your secondary matters when you're playing L.A. Um, it's all about their scheme and getting those guys open. So if you don't have a chance to get next to that guy and jam him off the ball, then you don't have a chance to stick him at the line or, or cover him And nobody's sticking field. Brady at the line. So... You know, if you can, uh, if if LA has a chance to get those receivers open, I think they're they're going to be productive, and no matter what. But you know, that's that's a tail of the tape. Yeah. So coaching matchup, we have the classic case of the old bull versus the young calf. And I heard a story one time. There is an old bull and a young calf. They came over the top of the hill. And the young calf, and he looks out, and they see uh, they see a whole bunch of cows down at the bottom of the hill. Oh! And the young calf, he says, "Hey, let's run down there real quick and fuck one of them." Well, say we get down there though, Jeff, and uh, we're hanging out with the pair, and the cow says, "Man, I've had the old bull. Now I want the young calf." That wasn't. And she a... grabs me by the wiener. Well, what the old bull said was. Let's just walk down there and fuck all of them. Fuck right. Fuck right. And I think that's what Belichick is sitting here thinking. Everybody in the world is talking about Sean McVay. Jean McVay. Too old. Jean McVay. Yeah. Yeah, we're too old. We're too slow. They they With got age comes mistakes. They got the recipe. We we got the young calf coming up here, which now I'm rooting they want for the calf. The young the old bulls coming in hot. I'm rooting for the calf. I'm not going to lie. But there's a strong chance that Jared G- Goff and, and the calf crew are going to rush in there and, and, and they're going to spin their wheels too hard. 
and they're going to lose the face against the Patriots' defense, and then the old Bulls are going to stroll down at the very end, and they're going to fuck everybody. That's where people get... That's where they get caught up against these Patriots is they forget what, how much time's left on the clock, who they're playing, and what they're playing for. And when you've been to, when you've been to eight of those games and you know what's on the line, you're going to execute just like the old bull. Which is the reason why the only thing that's logical to bet on is the prop bets. Prop bets. Um, so the first prop bet I think that you mentioned earlier was the the Gatorade color. I'm what telling what you, color is getting dumped at three seconds left in the game? What color are we going to see? I think the safe I bet, know, no matter where you go, is yellow. blue. Yellow. No, you got to go team centric. Blue. When the Patriot it, blue for the Patriots. It's always blue, no matter what. It's, I, I was saying yellow just because that's the only flavor of Gatorade that I respect during an athletic performance. Well, it's all about the brand. Yeah. You know, if, if, well, if, they could have red too. Red Gatorade is delicious. I Fruit think, punch? I think the Patriots go red, and if the Rams win, we're coming out blue. What color do you go to when you have a horrible hangover? Pedialyte. Pedialyte. Yeah, I don't even fuck with Gatorade. Well, yeah. Sorry about They don't sponsor us. They don't offer us anything. I'm going straight Pedialyte. I need some medical coverage after a night that bad. I mean, I do that too, but you got to go Gatorade sometimes. Pedialyte, they don't have any good flavors. They don't have any good colors. We're you talking had a blue raspberry Pedialyte? We're talking Gatorade right here. I buy the off-brand Pedialyte, bro. I don't even drink real Pedialyte. We're going off Gatorade colors. I'm going lemon lime flavor. I Thank don't even you. call it by the color. Thank you. You call Powerade by the colors because you don't know those flavors. They suck. You know Gatorade All right. flavors. I lost that round. I said yellow and not lemon lime. But uh, the next pick on the prop bet is the the length of the national anthem. I think who's singing the national anthem? We got, we got we Gladys got, Knight. Gladys Knight. Minus the pips. No pips this year. Oh, she's Gladys. going long. She's going long. She's going to get some extended... So Extended if you were to melodies, guess, let's, let's personal just, improvisations. Let's take this a step back. What do you think the average time on a, a national anthem is, Jeff? I don't know. Let's get Stat Boy in that shit. Stat I'm not Boy. a fucking uh, expert He's in two national I, I think, length. I think we're plus or minus two minutes is the, the average okay. time. I'll take the over then. I think you gotta. I think you gotta push that the plus or minus back about fifteen seconds. I'm. I'm thinking. I Dude, I heard I'm, the Canadian national anthem at the All Star Game. Ooh, lordy, it's so long. I forgot how long it was. The last time I heard the Canadian national anthem was when I was live at a hockey game. I think I'm gonna take minus, or excuse me, under two and a half minutes. So what? What's that on Canada time? Shit, I don't know. Four minutes. How fast does maple syrup flow downhill? Not fast enough on these blueberry pancakes I got going in this motherfucker. Taking Gladys Knight under two and a half minutes. Lock it down. That's I'm taking the home. over. I'll bet you on that. Bet? Prop bet number three. We got money on that. How much money? A gentleman's dollar. All right. Easy number enough. Number three comes in hot. Where are we at, Jeff? What's the last bet? Heads or tails? Heads or tails? On the coin toss? On the coin toss. Tails never fails, baby. What have the Patriots had? Who cares? Tails. Never Wait, what was fails. the chief? What was the Chiefs run? The Chiefs were running on heads, right? Tails like, that never fails. No, no, no. I'm asking a legitimate question. What was the Chiefs run? Remember that that run they had at the beginning of the season? They won the same fucking coin coin I toss got every no time. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, we got to cut that later. 
Um, Tails never fails. I'm just going to click my pen at that. <laughs> I'm telling you. Somehow this is like a good reference, response. In any sort of sports event that I've ever been in, if I get the chance to call it, Tails never fails, and I walk away a winner from the toss. Well, at least this man has a plan, and man and plan rhymes, and so does uh, Tails and fails, and um, we suck. So the next bet, Super Bowl prop bet, is which team scores first, which takes us back to the whole coin toss thing, which... We still don't really know. I feel like it's hard to judge it. It's all tied together, but... Well, if we look at the previous few games, uh, the Rams, I believe, won the ball in the second half of the NFC Championship game. The Cowboys also deferred. So, um, I think my money's on the Pats going into the end zone first. Good morning, football. This morning which was Tuesday morning, said, and, I, you know, I'm not a great sports journalist, so I just, I, just, I just watch other people and I quote them and I always give them credit. And I watch Good Morning Football because I like football and I like good mornings. And uh, they said, if you're the Rams, you, be- you better fucking score first. And they said fucking this morning on TV. Uh-oh. They did. They said fucking. If you're the Rams, you better fucking score first because you don't want to fucking get that ball. You don't. You don't want to defer and give the Pats the ball in the second half. That right there was the gold nug that I remembered from from that entire two hour broadcast that I watched this morning Agreed. while drinking coffee and pooping in various places about my house. I only worded it that way because I do have more than one bathroom in my house. Um. That was what I gathered. No, I totally agree. I think that uh, if you wind up chasing points against the Patriots, no matter whether it's the first half or the second half, you're doing bad things. So uh, get them while you can. Don't ask questions and run like the fucking Dickens. So the last Super Bowl prop bet is plus minus on Spygate mentions. All right. So Spygate uh, was – Actually, a false accusation. If, yeah, if in like I'm, 07, it stemmed from like a thing in like 02 against the Jets, but then they said in 07 they did it against the Rams. Like they were filming practices and then call, filming calling signs. And so it's no around, roundabout accusations it. that have, have tainted this Patriots dynasty from the get go. So it, it's deep in the lore. So what's your over under? I'm saying over two and a half. Oh, man. I was going to. I was going to say, like, over two. You're so we're in agreement. So it's up it's, it's yeah. right on the line. And yeah. So I don't feel like the broadcasters could really get away with any more than that. But they, ha- they, they can't help it. We it's, got it's CBS, Jim, right? We got Jim and Tony on the mic. Yeah, Tony don't give a fuck. Well, he's going to have a hard-on for the pre-play calling. So I don't think that he's going to give a shit about color commentary or anything like that. But Tony's going to be all over McVay's offense. He's, he's going to be like... Masters Jim Nance and uh, the perfect yeah. uh, call coming through his voice. So I feel like he's going to hammer down the story. And I'll give you this. I'll say Jim Nance says Spygate over two and a half times. I can hear Jim Nance's voice pronouncing Spygate in a 
very appealing manner. Like when Jim Nance talks about Spygate, I want to hear about it. Let's narrow it even more. Are we going during the CBS broadcast or are we going pregame, postgame? During the CBS oh, nothing broadcast? nothing during pregame. Nothing everything's broadcast. Pre-game. Okay, yeah, okay. That's no, kind of what no I'm pre-game. thinking. So, yeah, I think Jim Nance goes over the two and a half for the Spygate references. Over? Over two and a half by himself. Bet? No, I can't bet on that. I'm with you. We'll go. I'm with you on that bet. Let's get a let's get a user poll on that. What do y'all think? Stat boy, throw a Facebook poll up, simple on Twitter. Let us know what we get. Get us back in the meantime. Let's wrap it up, y'all. We've had a fucking awesome time here on uh, this is Texas Sports podcast. This is Texas Sports, and we're gonna wrap up tonight, you guys, with Super Bowl picks. I can't help it. I can't help myself. If there were money, it'd be different, but I just got to go with the Rams. I got to go with my heart. Um, yeah, I'm going with money there, Jeff. Change of pace. You know, they upset the boys. I'd love to see it, and I am uh, wish nothing but the best. Moving forward for Jared Goff, Sean McVay, and anybody who touches that redheaded fuck, but I'm not going to bet against the GOAT. He's not as much of a ginger as Garrett is. Uh well, that's a different ginger for a different day, but I don't think he's a ginger. Like I said, m- money's hedging towards the Patriots. As, as sick as that makes me, I think I'm gonna. I'm not barbecuing for it. Oh no no no! I was gonna barbecue if the Chiefs made I'll it. I'll go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I'll eat dinner at Olive Garden and watch the Super Bowl. That's how much of a shit I give. Without sound, no just, salad even. Yeah, no, just breadsticks. Just so sit in the bar at Olive Garden by yourself eating breadsticks like. That's hey, how miserable this whole thing is. Can y'all just put it on CBS? I don't need the sound. Just let me see the score. The The most exciting part about this Super Bowl for me is going to be Tony Romo calling it. Yeah, let's bring it back to the boys and we're going to wrap this up. We're really happy you guys stayed here with us because we're going to have a lot more talking Texas sports coming up. Episode 1.2 is just the beginning. Uh, I think that we got a whole lot more takes and a whole lot more sound that's going to come y'all's way. The hottest of takes. The The hottest of of sounds. The coldest of sounds. Yeah, actually sounded better. I like that. The coldest of takes. The coldest of sounds. Coming at you. One more time. Big shout out to our sponsors. Girl Scout Cookies. Acoustic Rev, Salazar Promotions, Out! This is Texas Sports This is Texas Sports this is Texas Sports. 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 This is Texas Sports.